0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this a palindromic edition of the Material Podcast. This is Material Two Nine Two. I am Andy Anatko, or if a, as a palindrome, Oknocto Uh With us, as usual, as gratefully is Florence Ion. Hi flu, so, or should sorry, I say, Are we doing,
1: are we doing the? Flolf.
0: There you go. You 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 could be a palindrome, just like, fluff.
1: Um, you know, I had a name in high school oh. that was Olfnoy, which is my name backwards. Flowion. Okay. It works. That's not bad. It works.
0: Was, when see, it's, it's rare that the sentence "I had a name in high school" ends ends well. <laughs>
1: Well, they also called me tan in a can because I was so pale okay, in high true. school, but that was also part of like my aesthetic, the whole, you know, like in the house, deep, dark <laughs> thoughts all the time, you know, brooding face, uh, <laughs> spiked bracelets. It was part of the whole aesthetic, which is why I was so pale. But but yes, Alf-Noy. Um yes. I was originally going to say, sorry, I missed the cue because I was... Taking care of my tamagotchi, but the tamagotchi has been taken care of, so we can do the podcast. Not <laughs> nothing holding us back.
0: You're not you so you're 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 not one of those uh, tiger tamagotchi moms. Your 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 tamagotchis are latchkey tamagotchi, or, uh, or self reliant tamagotchi. Shall I say? The only reason
1: they're self reliant is because I have a hack on them.
0: Uh
1: <laughs> Can I tell you a fun story before we? <laughs>
0: Please, I, I would love. I a fun would like
1: story. to spend my yellow card r- right now. <laughs> Okay, this so- this will sound silly, but this is where we're at in the pandemic. So actually, this is where we're at in my life. So I'm at that age where a lot of my friends have kids. And I have one friend who lives down the street. It just so happens I met her at like a women's entrepreneurial conference. And it just so <laughs> happens she lives down the street from me. It's a wonderful, wonderful way the world brought us together. And she has this very lovely daughter. Um, and she got a Tamagotchi for Christmas. But she's been very sad because the Tamagotchi keeps dying on her. And I've received a couple messages from her mom that are like, what do I do? Like, she's been – my daughter's been – she cries over this. Like, this upsets her. So I figured out this last week that I can actually send her my hack from my Tamagotchi to her Tamagotchi. Because normally you have to connect it to the fan-made Windows 10 app that I use. But – because we're in a pandemic, nobody's going into anybody's house that hasn't been pre-vetted. <laughs> so I have to figure out a way for us to do this outside, outdoors, in the grass. And now that I figured this out, I'm so excited. I'm waiting for the We're having some big storms right now. So I'm waiting for the storms to subside. And as soon as they do, I'm going to put Mona in the cart, her little stroller, <laughs> and we're going to wheel down the hill to the house and we're going to sit out in the front yard and I'm going to teach this kid how to hack their Tamagotchi so that they don't cry anymore. And I'm super (laughs) looking forward to this. And I, this kid doesn't know me. I only know this kid through social media and through her mother, of course. Um, so I imagine it won't be exactly how it goes in my mind, but I'm just (laughs) very excited.
0: Have you you decided on a, a cool hacker name that you're going to use with her?
1: I could use Olfnoi. <laughs> it's just my name spelled backwards. But, but, right? but make sure you have to
0: you have to be pretentious, speak to yourself in the third person, and don't use contractions. But I want I to change that.
1: No, but I want to change that because that gatekeeping is what kept me away from it for so long when I was young and, and so I'm just excited. You know, I, I do all these kid things because I, well, they're, society labels them kid things, but I would argue otherwise that Pokemon cards are actually very valuable. And for all you fools playing GameStop in the stock market right now, I want to have a word with you about my Pokemon card collection. Thanks. Might be worth something someday. You don't know. You don't know. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I just I get excited because I I feel like this is a role that I could fulfill now as a person with friends who have kids like I want to be the person that comes over and is like, Hey, I brought my toys. You want to play? Like, let me show you this cool, like thing that I figured out that I can pass down to you, kiddo. And then you can like empower your masses.
0: Right. Girl tech power. See, I had. To, I
1: mean, why not?
0: <laughs> I had, I had, I had something similar going on in my old neighborhood. Now, be being a single man, it wasn't me approaching kids in the neighborhood. But yeah, I, was, I, was, I, I was, see. I, was I will say by, I was known by I was known by everybody, but that I was <laughs> I, I was very very pleased and proud to have cultivated the reputation as like the crackpot inventor in the in the Disney movie. Like if there's mm-hmm. a neighborhood, and like there's a big open. Dum, dum, and here we are walking through the neighborhood, and then suddenly, like the the weird house at the end, there's an explosion, and purple smoke billows from every window. And then, like I, like with my so my Bell's shirt for all askew was like my hair, I found it. I really Bell's have found Bell's it this yes. time. There's a way that I can turn wood into grape juice. And so, so as a result, there be like I I I'd wind up on the consulting trail of there must be some way that i can like get this i can i can fix this so that the uh, 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 there must must be some way that i can get the lights on 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 uh, on my bike to work uh, so that they they blink in time with the pedals but I'm like, well, Josiah, let's. There certainly is such a way. <laughs> now, first, let's go on to the whiteboard, and we'll just sketch out a couple of ideas. Now, this this is what's known as a Hall effect sensor, and we shall be attaching one to the downstrokes of each pet. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but see,
1: you taught the process to the child. You taught them how to go over to the whiteboard and sort right. of like, you know, work it out. Honestly, what do you want to do?
0: What are the resources available? What what constitutes a win? Yeah,
1: I've been. How how long will
0: it take for Adafruit to send us what we need?
1: I I mean, listen, since having Mona, I've really learned. Granted, she's not of the full age yet where we're doing projects and things of the sort. But it's made me realize the gaps in my education as a child, the things that people (laughs) didn't teach me. Minor little things like outlining and planning out. These are things you have to impart on a child, but they were never really imparted on me. And so I never really had the patience to do that and, and it it wasn't until I kept getting my butt kicked by editors in my career <laughs> that I was like, I should probably spend time like thinking this out before jumping into it and getting <laughs> overwhelmed. you know, it's like these little thi- parts of life that you really do have to impart onto a child to kind of help them succeed as an adult. Um, yeah. And in a- the interim, I I get to play games with kids, games that nobody will play with me as an adult, because <laughs> for some reason I can't yep. seem to find, I find them on Reddit, no problem, <laughs> but I can't find them in real life.
0: Yeah. there's. I, 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 I love my parents. My parents were great to me. They told me I loved me. They told me they loved me. They told me they were proud of me. They made sure that if I expressed a, uh, a desire to pursue an opportunity, then they made me feel as though, yes, it's definitely worth pursuing that opportunity. However, I had to learn on my own that uh, if you if you kind of like Quaker Instant Oatmeal, you are free as an adult or even as a child – To, like, buy a container of unsalted roasted almonds, buy a container of of sun-made raisins, and spike the hell out of that instant oatmeal with almonds and raisins. That was just Quaker
1: oatmeal? That was the picture you sent me? That was
0: just, that was my lunch. because I. I, I, You could
1: have fooled me. I thought maybe you had dumped out one of those fancy packets from a a variety pack of 10. But that you went into the regular old oats, the little, little siphon box that they sell, you know. At the store, and you made it look high class, Andy, because I will say that was a very nice – Andy sent me a photo of his oatmeal earlier today. It makes me
0: feel – yeah, because I'm like, I, I, can, can we delay a half an hour because I just realized that I haven't eaten and I I really like <laughs> – I haven't – it's one of my regular lunches, like the, the oatmeal with four to five. I mean, like, so it's with absolutely sustaining.
1: Upgrades. There's a reason that it lines right. the shelves but, at the but, grocery but store. But it's stuff,
0: it's stuff like this where, where it's like – I don't resent my parents for not twigging me to this – uh, it's just that I've uh, – it's it's a shame that this information in the Inatco bloodline will die with me, that I have no child to raise, that like their first week in college – you have nieces and
1: nephews. You've no, no, got to no, 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 impart this I'll, I'll, on I'll, them. I'll do, I'll
0: do the hell out of that. That's, that's fine. It's just that, again, it's institutional knowledge. That's why IBM was able to succeed uh, for decades and decades and decades.
1: I'll teach Mona and I'll tell her I learned from Uncle Andy. So you're – your legacy is excellent. Excellent. It's up to you. It's up to you. I mean, this, Andy. Is,
0: this is. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're thinking about these things because it is really important. Like the first, the uh, first uh, uh, off-campus apartment with like three roommates uh, in in college, and like it was like the, It was kind of like the build. The, it was kind of like the housing you would get if you really got screwed in the lottery. Because it was great, but it was like two miles away from campus, yeah. and they're all like four-person suites. Right. And I was shocked. That people my age like did not know like you don't so you've never learned that there is like a tap right there next to the toilet on the base that you turn it and it stops flowing water and this and so I I kind of I kind of became what like. For? Yeah, no, exactly. It's like my, see, my, I was the, my dad oh my and God. I were the, we're the unlicensed contractors for the entire extended family. So I, yeah, by the time I was 13, right, exactly. Told I, me some I had drywalled, I would installed <laughs> So, but, so I kind of became like the Schneider of this entire building because it was it was like uh oh uh, there's no lights there's no lights in the kitchen what do I do what do I do and then like hey, Andy, I need lights in the kitchen up? Andy hi yeah and unfortunately and, and I was 19 years old and a lot of these a lot of these uh, people were women so it was like yes I so I won't grumble about it but like right <laughs> like, okay um Susan this is called a breaker box you see that gray box in the wall with a door on it? Now, if you open this, you'll notice there are switches, and some of them, it's, I mean, you have to be taught, but when I, by the time I was 19, I was, like, amazed that you don't understand that when a circuit gets overloaded, it just breaks. All you do is, like, you flip the switch to the other position, and so as a result, I looked like a genius. I didn't look like a genius when I had to take my mandatory chemistry course, but I did look like a genius when it was, like, we thought this was a huge problem, that, like, the water was overflowing everywhere, but Andy magically just made the water stop going. But yes, it's this institutional knowledge. Institutional
1: um, knowledge. Speaking of institutional knowledge, which I feel like this is a good segue into.
0: Well, this is this is so, uh, again life experience. Like uh, because I spend so much time, we, we all spend most a lot of our time like talking about the news. And like, how often does it happen, Flo? That like you, you've realized that you're about to read the name of like a. Uh, a, an engineer whose last name has like 18 syllables and might be Welsh, might be something else you don't know. And you realize you have no idea how to pronounce the name. I'm always like desperately like Googling for like, I hope, is there an interview? Did, did, mm-hmm. did this person like give a keynote presentation and were they introduced onto the stage? So I can, so I can, I can steal the pronunciation. Well, I did this with, uh, uh, uh sad news, Mira Furlon the wonderful, wonderful actress. She was in lost. She was in Babylon five, before that, she was the national oh, treasurer of Yugoslavia. Yeah, my of husband screen.
1: was upset about this. He's a huge Babylon Five. Yeah, and uh, I was Stan. and I was
0: I, I was about to like uh, talk about uh, talk about it on a podcast this week, and I was oh, she's Croatian. 90- I was, a Croatian? I'm sorry, my, my apologies. Uh, but uh, I, I I was pretty sure I had the pronunciation right, but I hadn't pronounced her name in a while. So I typed, the, did the usual thing, Google search box, and to my surprise, something I'd never seen before, it actually gave me a pronunciation, instead of like, not links to like videos, but like an actual like info box of, <laughs> a, phonetic, a phonetic pronunciation, then followed by like audio pronunciation. And of course, the next thing I had to do was, do they know how to pronounce my name? And then, no, it didn't have an info box for me. And I felt not diminished, not like not important in in this world. However, it definitely gave me perspective that I'm definitely with good cause not rating. I don't rate getting an automated pronunciation guide uh, as Mira for uh for for Google.
1: I just realized she she played Danielle Rousseau on Lost. That's yes. right. She was, uh well, rest in peace. Um, I am looking forward to Google filling in that information for you and me in yeah. our last. This is, names. I mean, this
0: this is going to this is going to pay off a little. Un- unknowingly, I've set up like our our first big story after the break. But this is this is the 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 ginchiness of the Google search box that I didn't have to like. Gee, I wonder if there if Google has created an online tool for pronunciation. If so, what is the URL towards that web tool and how do I operate it? It was I, I need I need I need information about Mira Furlong. It didn't necessarily know what information I wanted, but it realized mm. that, "Oh, here's a celebrity name or a famous person's name. I'm going to create an info box automatically that contains the pronunciation in case this is part of what this person wanted." In addition to the biography box is going to put in the gutter on the right. All this sort of stuff that's pulling information from all the sources that it's acquired on its own and found online to try to anticipate what I'm looking for and give it to me with the least amount of muss and fuss. This is one of the things that Google does incredibly well. This is one of the reasons why search is such a great tool and such a dominant tool. And sometimes it gets Google into trouble.
1: (sighs) Well, I feel like that's a good spot for us to yeah take a little break, have some water tell we'll an ad after tell an ad yeah you know <laughs> I give,
0: you can you can use the break to like again open a google search box dear listener and see if they've got your name in there because I, I i do feel as though like if i were uh the personal manager or the agent for really really insecure but high wattage like movie stars i'd be like ah damn it i got i gotta work every contact i have inside google because if that jerk Google finds out that this is a feature, Googles his name, and finds out that, no, there isn't an automated pronunciation guide for John Smith. He's going to be on my butt that, yeah, but, but Intaglio Moshoriovich has, has, <laughs> has a pronunciation guide. How come John Smith doesn't get one? I might have, I have big, bigger box office credentials than she does. Hey. But yes, we'll be back. After this.
1: Do you have a website? I do. Does your website have a shopping cart, registration forms, or contact us pages? If you answered yes to these questions, then you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use our code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from Solar Winds for their support of this show and Relay FM.
0: Well, uh, Google is locked in a battle. International battle again, uh, yes. One, 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 several battles. I, I, yes, I should be more specific when I talk about this with Australia specifically this time. But this is quite unique because this is one of those fundamental issues mm-hmm. that's going to determine the entire future of the company. Because as we all know, they make more than 80% of their revenue out of ads, and if anything is going to f- affect the golden goose of ads and search. Uh, this goal they, that has to be defended, that has to be held off, uh, from every way, shape or form. And here comes Australia, the government, uh, early last year, they started to tackle the problem of, uh, news organizations like newspapers and, uh, and TV news. They, they're doing not well very much. So, uh, there must be some way that we can get them so that they are working better and making money more of and who can we blame? I know we're gonna blame Google. Uh, this is something that has been doing getting uh, getting traction from either politicians who are either ignorant or just being very very big uh, recipients of campaign money. Uh, from news media organizations Rupa Murdoch, Murdoch of course is Australian go connect the dots on that uh mm. to say that oh well, Google's making its money by stealing content from newspapers and that's why they're going mm. under and well no of course that's not the reason why they're going under they're going under because every source of advertising that they had as a traditional newspaper is now like on the web someplace because real estate agents they don't want they don't want to place an ad in a newspaper hoping someone can find it a car sales mentioned our
1: work has been developed valued uh, for generations by the general populace and politicians everywhere. So people don't really see the value in paying us for the hard work that we do.
0: But it's good to be mad at Google for this. So they're basically saying that, oh, well, you know that you're stealing content and you're not paying for content. And we are just try- we as the government are trying to are going to level the playing field with a brand new uh, set of laws that we're going to be putting in. They started Can talking about this. Can I just say
1: I miss when stealing content meant that somebody took your website text and pasted it on their website. Which I guess is the, is the same thing, the same theory here, but I miss when it was just as simple as like you posted my journal entry on your Zanga, you know. True. But now it's like
0: there's a well again. I'm I'm a generation uh, <laughs> earlier than yours, so that mine is like don't copy that floppy and home right. taping is killing the recording industry. Right. right. Stickers that we would put on our skateboards and our laptops and our other things, ironically. As we are meeting Correct. together to copy floppies together, uh, right, but right, getting right. back anyway. getting back to the story. So, uh, <laughs> so Australia's Competition and Consumer Commission attempted uh, to address what it identified as, and I'm quoting here, uh, acute bargaining power imbalances between Australian news businesses and Google and Facebook, unquote, by crafting a new set of rules that redefine how the news media business negotiates with Google and Facebook, specifically ne- Google and Facebook. This is targeted specifically at these two companies over fees for its content and how those fees are going to be determined. Uh, after a lot of debate, and discussion that Google tried to have as 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 much of a, a hand in as they possibly can. They came up with something they're calling the News Media Bargaining Code, and it's currently on the floor for debate. And these these are requirements about how Google operates their search tool, their search product, their news product, and their discovery product. <laughs> um, and the the terms that the that this uh, bargaining code would put Google uh, under. Are kind of brutal. Now we in this show we have often had no sympathy whatsoever for Google. However, independently, I can say this is so one-sided and kind of like. Silly! This is this is the stereotypical. I am an eighty-three-year-old legislator. I have no idea how the internet works at all, and I'm going to pretend that what I'm saying, what I've just made up, actually has convergence with reality. So here, so here's what happens. Number one, if the if a news com- if a news company uh, uh, wants to bargain with Google for the rights to use any of their content within Google search. Uh, all these rules come in effect. Now, before we even go into what the rules are, problem number one, landmine number one, we're not talking about, like, I do a Google search for, uh, hey, what was that tree that fell down last week uh, outside uh, 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 that I passed by driving by, and I do a Google search, and it steals a nine-paragraph long article from my local newspaper complete with photos and videos. That doesn't happen. What might happen, though, is that I will get like a headline and uh, a short summary consisting of one sentence and a link to that article. And under the terms of this, of this code, all of those things should be licensed and paid for by Google, even the link itself. Even if they just simply say, here is the headline that they put on their website. Here is the link to the article that they were linked to on the website. If you click on this link, you'll be taken from Google search to this news organization's website they can say nope this link is absolutely our property you have to license it from us boom problem number one now but it gets worse from there so they can demand to be paid for any sort of content like that um here's what happens once a news publisher notifies google that they want to be paid for that link or that kind of content google is now locked into rules about how they negotiate and how they move forward Uh, For one, they have to attend at least a day of in-person mediation to to argue this out. Uh, Google says, well, here's here's how much we think that we should pay. The news organization says, no, here's here's how much we think that you should be paying us. And if they can't come to an agreement uh, within uh, within a few months – then uh, it goes to arbitration. A judge then looks at all the proposals and decides how much Google needs to pay this organization for the content. And uh, uh, not only they, not only can they do this as individuals, they can also gather together as a un- as a united front. Like every single newspaper, every single electronic news publisher can negotiate as a unit and, again, say here is what we're going to – here's what the the terms that we are insisting upon. Um, It's a one-sided sort of set of rules. Um, The arbitration process, it only factors in the cost to the news people, meaning how much does it cost us that you are selfishly – driving people from the search page to our website. Uh, but it doesn't fact doesn't the arbitration process does not uh, allow Google to factor. in, Well, here's how much it costs us. Here's what we're, here's what our cost is. Um, and as such really does provide incentive uh, for news businesses to negotiate in bad faith. So we move hopefully move. So instead of arguing with Google about how much they want to pay to hopefully have this Australian judge Say that yes, I really think that you should be paid eighty dollars for every link that that people turn up uh, through through Google search. Uh, but it doesn't end there. Google would also be required to provide the Australian news industry with a few weeks' notice any time they make any substantial changes to the search algorithms that the, that could affect ranking and discovery of news content. Now they don't have to tell the 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 companies here is exactly what we're doing. It's like no, we have, we're making a, we're rolling out a new version uh, of the algorithm, and it might mean that your sports coverage will be won't be seen uh, quite as much. Uh, They also have to provide what are, in essence, free data reports and analysis on uh, metrics about uh, the visitors and the reader makeup of the people who uh, visit their sites, traffic to specific pages, and provide, quote, flexible user content moderation tools, unquote. So essentially, Google has to give all these newspapers, like, free, here's how to make money on the web services start to finish. Uh, you want to hear about the fines if they violate any of these new terms? The fines can be as great as 10 percent of Google's gross revenue in all of Australia for an entire calendar year. So, I, I'm I ran out of fingers on one hand on p- the poison pen, poison pills, on all this. Like, this, this is stupid, this can't possibly work.
1: I am I, I ventured. Onto, like, an opinion opinion piece in some Australian financial review, which is, like, heavily pro-tech company. It's like, this is going to hurt the tech companies. The media, media industry has already, you know, had its own conglomerate. They were a monopoly over the advertising classifieds business, and so now they want to do this. I guess... I guess I could see it from both sides. It's hard for me because I am, quote, unquote, the media. And so when I think about anything that has. By the way, can I, can I can I say yes. that
0: congratulations to both of us? Uh, as of uh, Inauguration Day, we are no longer part one enemies of America.
1: Only to two thirds of the population. There's still a third that really. But on a federal
0: uh, level, we can now sure, step on yeah, federal property without being tased. That's way of thinking
1: about yes. it. Uh, please stop wearing those t-shirts that say you want to hang us. Um, Yeah, it's, it's hard because being from the media industry to me, it's like, well, part of the reason, okay, there's a lot of variables for why media is suffering the way that it is. Um, The number one variable is just with everything linked to money. I mean, again, bringing it back to the stupid thing happening with the stonks. Okay. It's just when there's money involved, yeah. It can be gamed. That's sort of how I. Well,
0: yeah, it's well, you, you can see exactly how seriously that Google is taking this. Last Friday, uh, Google's been ha- trying to hammer out an agreement with Australian government all year long, because, again, the, the government announced they were going to start thinking about this. Yeah, <laughs> and Australia like, 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 is
1: Oceania. I mean, it's right. it's a segment of the world.
0: Right. Um, but things apparently did not. They did not uh, exit these discussions uh, being hearty friends with uh, simple disagreements. So uh, Melanie Silva, uh, who is Google's managing director in Australia and vice president of Australia and New Zealand, uh, was uh, in a hearing with the uh, Australian Senate Economics Legislation Committee on Friday. And she said, quote, if this version of the code were to become law, it would give us no real choice but to stop making Google search available in Australia unquote. Uh, And she did continue and assure senators that the ultimatum was a, quote, a worst case scenario, unquote. But, and I quote again, it's not a threat, it's a reality. If this version of the code were to become law, it would give us no real choice but stop making Google search available in Australia. And by means of she just put the gun on the table by indicating that her means of indicating that the gun was in fact loaded. uh, She pointed out that news queries only amount to about uh, a a percentage and a quarter of uh, Google search traffic. And also that, and that Google was certainly willing to take that hit to avoid setting an international precedent that would totally ruin their business. Uh, It is also worth mentioning, although I don't think she mentioned it during her testimony that uh, uh, Google has a hundred billion dollars in cash Standing by, uh, Australia contributes $4 billion to search revenue. So, if this is all of this, really makes the point that we are not willing to torpedo our business and set a precedent that other companies are going to follow by simply acceding to these demands. Uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison uh, heard apparently heard about this and told reporters uh, the other day. Um, Australia makes our rules for things you can do in Australia. See, I don't know. I, I can't do an Australian accent. So I'm going to do a Boston accent. That's, that's done work. in our parliament. It's an Australian it's done by our Boston government. Access. And that's how things work here in Australia. Oy. People will, who want to work with that. So in hard. Australia, you're very welcome, but we don't respond to threats.
1: Hard to hard to watch Yeah, see, uh, really. and back back in this,
0: <laughs> again. This this really is turning into a live fire uh, argument. Uh, so already, Google uh, is determined to. Uh, they're saying that they're quote running a few experiments that will each reach about one percent of Google search users in Australia to measure the impacts of news businesses and Google search on each other. Uh, what they didn't mention is that the quote experiment unquote is about hiding search results from major Australian news corporations when Australians search for topics. Now uh, Google for its part, they've, they've said they're not opposed to negotiation per se, but they've just indicated that the spectrum of the proposed lo- legislation is one-sided and it's uninformed. It just doesn't work. And I, I do agree with that. Now Google realizes that this is kind of a global point of attack from government uh, on Google that, hey, look look what you're doing. You're stealing content from, from news people, uh, from news corporations. So um, they've already – created what they would rather do rather than have these onerous regis- legislations in ev- different in every single country, they uh, they put forward last year uh, a new thing, a new service, product, whatever you want to call it. They're calling the Google News Showcase. Um, Sundar Sundar Pichai uh, announced it in a blog post early last year. Um, In it, uh, we've been talking about how occasionally there are are panels of content that appear in search results and in news uh, and in Google's news products. So uh, with the Google Google News Showcase, if I have a newspaper and I have a package of stories about like the winter weather that's about to uh, hit us in New England tomorrow – I can assemble all all of our coverage with video, with with uh, with audio, pictures, art, links to articles, uh, headlines, uh, graphic deck. I can assemble this into a kind of a panel, so that when people do a search for "Hey, what about that storm that's ha- that's hitting New England this weekend?" In addition to the regular search results, there will be this panel that I uh, that my newspaper created and curated, uh, and in Google News, uh, when uh, Google has the. Uh, uh, the the the, uh, the in the Google News app when it's curated news for you, uh, you could do if uh, if it determines that you're interested in the storm that coming that's coming up in New England. It's cool because not only will you see my panel, but you might see the panel that was provided by the Boston Globe and the one that was provided by the Boston Herald and get different perspectives, again, different packages of information. And, of course, when you tap on these panels, you go directly to uh, the newspaper site. And hmm. as with all of Google's news uh, news services uh, if it's a if you have a subscription, a paywall, a digital paywall, it will honor that paywall. Uh, so Google has uh, already has uh, said already that uh, they're going to be spending about a billion dollars uh, to this project. Uh, during testimony last week, they actually put it at half a billion dollars a year for the next three years, uh, all being paid to license content from news providers uh, for these uh, for content that, they, that shows up in these panels. Uh, and uh, partly this is uh, an interesting way of presenting news. I know that as a user, I think this is a really cool way of – again, I don't – I don't necessarily want to get one perspective on the news. I don't want to get a bunch of random links to different places. I want to see mm-hmm. this is this is uh, CNN's take on this. This is Fox News's take on this. This is MSNBC's or my and my local station's take on this. But it's also a part. It's also a way for Google to put skin in the game and prove, hopefully, to regulators to maybe they should maybe the regulators should sh- simmer down, give themselves some space uh, that they can create that Google can create products and negotiate with news providers directly without the need for local regulation. Uh, Australia was in fact going to be one of the first three three countries to get this but as soon as Australia announced that this is what they're going to be doing for regulation, Australia was put on hold. Uh, though it looks like, again, things are heating up. Uh, Wednesday, just yesterday, the editor of the academic news site, The Conversation, which actually was one of last year's launch publications that had already made licensing agreements to participate in this news product, said that Google had approached them, quote, to resume discussions about launching the news showcase product as soon as possible. Potentially in February, we are working with them Uh, on this. Um the only uh, t- t- just to Google Google is I think they're right to fight about this not only because as I say I think this is just a stupid law it's hugely overreaching. Uh I think that uh, the Australian government has kind of a history of just putting pulling out the biggest hammer possible to solve the what could be a simpler uh, simpler problem. And now because yeah. it is legislation it's open up for public comment. Uh, And you can actually go to uh, the government website and and download PDFs of all the letters that have been sent. Uh, uh, Google has a lot of uh, important names on their side. Sir Tim Berners-Lee, that you know as the creator of the web itself, uh, left a two-page comment with his concern that – As written, this undermines the fundamental concept of linking as being the the atomic structure, molecular structure of the web. Uh, Vint Cerf, who is co-inventor of the TCPIP protocol and the internet, uh, wrote on similar lines, uh, again, saying that the rules challenge the entire open nature of the internet. He also put it very well, I'm quoting here, as it is currently framed, both the premise of the code and the approach it sets out are deeply flawed internet companies do not owe news publishers compensation for the emergence of an internet-based economy especially when some of the news publishers have themselves diversified into the digital classified businesses that have cannibalized their own earlier advertising revenue undermining the foundations of a democratic internet is not a sustainable solution to one industry's economic challenges so i hope i hope that google wins this but it could be interesting. Google has played chicken like this before. They have certainly pulled access to major Google services from countries before. Uh, I don't think that they'll back down from this because, like I said at the very beginning, if they if they stand idly by, they could wind up in a world where any time... Search is all about giving you a list of links to other places on the internet, usually to that those other places benefit. Uh, and if they have to pay for every link they service they're going to have to start going into the phone business and making money there and we all know that they can't do that
1: hmm. <laughs> we all know <laughs> they're that not going to make money off of
0: watches that's for sure they're not
1: going to make money off of watches or phones <laughs> even though they make some nice phones for it's this is just interesting because i don't wanna take the side Instinctually, again, and I was saying this earlier, it's it's hard for me to take the side sure. of the tech company because I have been a part of the business that has cannibalized my <laughs> industry and I know like what has happened. But to hear you distill it and just sort of ha- the massive penalty, it really does sound like what they were doing in Australia was sorry to use this pulling the trigger a little too quickly without really understanding the long-term impacts and i think this is just a general issue that we have in regulating technology and in and sort of having this utility and figuring out how to how to make it play nice with others if that makes sense without allowing it to sort of monopolize so i like i liked that this is something that has come to the front and that this is something that is, is going to hopefully maybe change some things, but it's, uh, it's kind of intense. <laughs> 10% yeah. of your revenue. That's, yeah,
0: that's... I, On a million dollar yeah.
1: company. You know, generally I would say ask ah, grow it, just make them pay the money and they've got it. But like,
0: yeah, this is, this is not like, this is not like some, uh, like, ch- uh, 16-year-old child of a billionaire who decides, no, fine, ticket me. What's, what are you going to do? Ticket me $80? Ooh. Or even like if this what was are you 10% do? of to- Elon
1: Musk's revenue, you would yeah. not be hearing me say this. Um, right. And it, you know, Google does have a crap ton of money, but that doesn't fix the problem with their, with their solution is to just like, well, we'll just fine you 10%, basically. But that doesn't fix... The issue, it doesn't create any sort of infrastructure around it or help regulate it. It just throws money at the problem, which this
0: this is part of this. This is why, like, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I spend so much of my week downloading and reading PDFs of like bills and legal papers and amicus briefs, because this is turning out to be a very, very interesting period that the, the Internet became what it is, mostly for good, some for bad. Chiefly because of a hands off regulation regulatory policy that we are not going to make you we're not going to hold you responsible for content that people post on your site because we appreciate that this is you're you're providing a service that let other people publish their own things. however, now that we have seen that that allowed companies like google to to grow and become hugely successful and also to become hugely dangerous whether that was their intent or not. And so now it is appropriate for the entire world, uh, no less the United States government, to start looking at where what tech, the role of technology is, what the role of these huge trillion-dollar companies are, and whether or not some of the ideas that they put in place for regulation or lack thereof uh, 20 or 30 years ago are still a good idea. We're seeing a lot of argument, for instance, about uh, uh, modifying Section 230 uh, mm. Of uh, that, uh, yeah. this, Again, that that again, the thing that gives uh, uh, YouTube the ability. I've to been simply... sending
1: Andy links about this because there. I've had been having a couple conversations behind the scenes with people that have been linking me about it, but it's very, it's been very hard for me to make any sort of connection.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's my Andy's here. No, no, I'm, I'm. Um, and so I don't want this thing to be destroyed. However, in the if. We have seen what happens when uh, I'll use Twitter as a better example, because I do believe that uh, the leadership of Twitter wants to do the right thing, does not want to create a platform that does harm. However, they are so removed from outside of their offices. They don't understand what a hands-off moderation policy does to our society and to the lives of individual people. And if, Companies are not willing to prove that they are able to moderate and control uh, dangerous content, which is what they're obligated to do under Section 230. It might be time to modify Section 230 to make sure that there are more explicit obligations and more explicit penalties. But so we're going to be discussing, I'm sure, a lot of this over the next two, three, four years. If, uh, if If we are worthy of a better paradise, we can actually have it um but, I, I, but before we it. go to before we go to our next uh our next break though uh i got i was there was a piece of news that floated by kind of a little piece of news but there was a part of it that kind of like maybe go huh uh so google's uh <laughs> political action committee or PAC uh announced that there they're, that uh i think sundar Pichai himself announced that he will not after some debate and discussion internally uh uh, Google's PAC will not contribute to members of Congress who voted against certifying the results of the 2020 presidential election. This will, this puts Google in line with Microsoft, uh, and all kinds of other tech companies that have decided that, look, you know, we, we are not going to, we are not going to be seen supporting people who wanted to simply throw out the the votes of an election and, and name their own person. Um, which is OK. That's that's good. Good. Good for them. Um, but a couple of articles like mentioned that, oh, they've been uh, they've uh, some of the some of the senators and congress people who have received uh, campaign money from uh, Google's PAC. It's called NetPAC include Ted Cruz. Like and I'm like, what? What what are you doing donating money to Ted Cruz, whom nobody, Republican or Democrat, does not believe is some form of Protozean worm. Only <laughs> more. You know, protozoan worm? What the hell are you so uh so as a result, I uh, I did spend some time like looking looking at the Google Netpack. Uh, thinking that I was able to, again, get on my horse, wave the red banner of, you see, you're trying to, you you claim to be honest and open, but now here you are supporting one political party over. Okay, well, it turns out that's not true at all. I'm uh, oh, sorry, let me finish off the quote. Uh, the message said, quote, after the disturbing events at the Capitol, NetPAC paused all contributions while undertaking a review. Following that review, the NetPAC board has decided that it will not be making any contributions this cycle to any member of Congress who voted against certification of the election results. Uh, so I looked at uh, NetPAC. Uh, there are a lot of – uh, a political action committee is required to disclose pretty much everything about how they operate Uh, Google defines it on their own uh, page that it actually, it's not like the company directing money towards its own interests. It is like, here is a political action committee that's composed of contributions from its own employees. So as a result, when you download, well, give me, give me the Mm. paperwork on who's been receiving donations. It is almost literally everybody. It's like a spreadsheet. You get a CSV sheet spreadsheet that over the past two years, uh, the PAC has made about 1.1 $1. $1 million dollars of campaign contributions. Again, to almost everybody in the in the house. Not and me. You I
1: haven't received any contributions. Where are my <laughs> campaign? Well,
0: you're contributions? not. You're not. You're, you're not a senator. Um,
1: Where's my $2,000 stimulus check?
0: <laughs> well, actually, that that is about the amount of money that they're donating. It's like $1,500. That $2, could go to me. I would I put could, it I to could good take use. It. I want, I want like Xbox uh, an Xbox uh, and a uh, and a new PlayStation and at at scalper prices. Um, <laughs> but one one thing that was kind of interesting though that and this is this is a number that like I'm going to try to remember because it's going to come up and anytime I'm arguing with somebody like in front of other people about oh, see, you will argue Google, Google has a liberal bias and they're trying to promote a liberal agenda. And again, NetPack, which is distributing funds from its employees, uh, it actually gives the split of uh, it gave in the 2019 to 2020 reporting re- period, 50.45% uh, of its donations were to Democrats, 49.55% were to Republicans. So there is less than one percentage of difference between the two uh, don't know if that was intentional to make sure that they weren't offending anybody in particular, but that's uh, them. Them's yeah, the it's
1: just weird to me. Just don't give anybody any money. <laughs> right. Just they don't. get free
0: stamps. They get free health care. What the hell else do they want?
1: <sighs> anyway. I'm already moved. my taxes are paying for politicians I don't align with. So.
0: Uh, <sighs> rough, Ross Rob? Rough, let's rough. take a let's take a break. Cool down, we will not be talking about government anymore. We will be talking about the graveyard. Let's take a whistle through the graveyard after this. Well, we have bad news for, dep- depending on how the, the dead pool uh, that you're participating in on Google <laughs> products goes, uh, two kind of high-profile products bit the dust this week, one of which was near to dear to my heart. i was sorry to see, to see it go. Project Loon is now, is mort. Uh, unfortunately, this was the nine-year-old moonshot that was designed to solve the problem of delivering high-speed internet to remote and underserved areas where it's too expensive or too difficult to run uh, fiber or whatever. This is the one that used clusters of balloons, helium-filled balloons, that could self-navigate to a position uh, and then hold there 12 miles up uh, in the air and establish a mesh network. Uh, It's actually, so in the blog post in which uh, Google X... Uh, again, the experimental moonshot uh, division of, of Alphabet uh, was explain was winding things up. They were, uh, t- 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 talked a lot more about what they had achieved. What I didn't know is that um, I knew that, of course, OK, helium balloons so you can go up and down. I bet there's some sort of like a motor or something so they could like position themselves on the X, Y axis. No, they decided it's simpler if these balloons just ride stratospheric winds like the natural winds to get where they need to be. So part of this whole project involved mapping all of these winds, like all of these air currents and therefore figuring out like when you need to put a balloon here, what altitude, and if the balloon is already in right here, what altitude do you have to get to, to right, to hit a current that's taking the, that would take the balloon more or less where you want it to go. So how do you solve that, that height problem too? That's so they, so they did an amazing amount of altitude of atmospheric research uh, in order to make this happen. Um, so they had some successes towards that original goal, um, most notably, I think, Loon service uh, provided emergency internet uh, consisting of email, text messaging, and limited access to the web uh, for 200,000 people in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria knocked out pretty much the entire mm. infrastructure. Yeah, I
1: remember that.
0: They also uh, managed to get some deals with uh, telecom companies in Kenya to again reach its original goal, which is here are some parts of the country that are hard to wire up. So why don't we just have a floating, mm-hmm. <laughs> a floating internet yeah. access point for it? Um, unfortunately, uh, they, they explain uh, in the blog post. While we found a number of willing partners along the way, we haven't found a way to get the cost low enough to build a long-term sustainable business.
1: That's fair enough.
0: Yeah, and this is this is the difference between the Sundar Pichai era and the previous eras where. Cool research projects at one point in Google's history would allow to just simply go on uh, until they get bored with it or prove that it can't possibly work. Now there is an uh, an unspecified ticking clock that we are funding your research. We hope you win. We hope you succeed. However, at some point, you're not going forward unless you turn yourself into a viable business. But,
1: But that's what happens when you have shareholders that are saying, like, we need you to cut back on the things that are bleeding us dry. And it's yeah. very possible that something like Project Loon could actually be holding back other infrastructure that would be installed because you would, I don't know, I would be afraid that they would, well, they they already have internet <laughs> over there in Kansas. And it's like, no, we we need to put it in the pipes and the wires. Like, we, we need to bring internet yeah. to this subset of the population. We can't rely on these balloons that are actually financially kind of a, you know, a bust. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, there are there are parts of the country, uh, this even this country, let alone parts of the world, where uh, yeah. if you order something on Amazon, they deliver once every couple of weeks because your property is so yep. remote. They're they're not going to send the truck out until they have enough packages for enough people who are vaguely in that area, so that they can have one person making three deliveries to three houses mm-hmm. that are spe- spaced so far apart. It's uh, a long
1: drive up that hill.
0: It's a long drive up <laughs> that hill. It might not have been salted and sanded. <laughs> It's got I, a root I do have friends. I, I
1: have a couple of friends sprinkled throughout like the mountains where Amazon comes only right. once in a while. So it's like oh, trying oh, to get mail Amazon to them. You might as well just drive it over yourself. The truck
0: is coming up the hill. And <laughs> uh, so they, they had, they did have a whole bunch of problems that they couldn't solve. Uh, each balloon cost ten thousand dollars. They needed about a dozen of them for each uh, access area, and they lasted only about a couple months. Um, the on the ground you needed 4G phones in order to use the service and if you are in an area that is uh, underserved you probably have a 3G phone or even less so that was a problem also the what I would describe as the infuriating truth that the people that this this system was meant to help are the people who have been for years ignored by uh, com companies and the organizations with the money to fund such a project meaning that if you've got a palatial estate in the middle with sweeping views of an empty canyon yes you can pay to have fiber run out to your neighborhood uh, to your house however the people who have been living on in this area for their family for generations and generations they certainly are not going to be enough of a of a cash cow for verizon for them to to go out so these are the people that needed a project like project loon but the other problem was that the there was, this was a nine year project, and a lot happens in nine years of technologies. In the interim, there have been low orbit communications constellations that are now being flown and launched, uh, like Elon Musk's Starlink. These are like low altitude uh, satellites that blanket the entire planet. And so you need a device in your hands on the ground, but it will connect to one of these low altitude satellites and give you internet access without the need to like float a big, huge balloon and ride the currents of air to where you need to go. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's sad to see it go It because as far as I'm concerned, it represented the good kind of crazy like Google used to do the like Google glass. It's the good kind of crazy that, no other company is kind of doing or investigating, and it's, it's what made me fall in love with the company in the first place. But oh well. Um, now, what else? <sighs> but not making me fall in love with the company. They also canceled the VR painting app Tilt Brush, uh, which is uh, so unfortunate. There, there are people. This is a three, is. if you if you're wearing VR glasses you just have the, it allows you to paint in three dimensions so essentially build three dimensional huge objects not by okay give me a two by four make sure it's six feet long and now I right, no, it's like you have a paintbrush if you paint in the air whatever you whatever shape that you paint yes. in the air stays there and you can yes. build upon it you can sculpt you can build entire I've environments. been playing
1: with it it's because we got an oculus for Christmas a quest and I've been playing with tilt shift I finally get to play with it because the first time I got to try it out was years and years ago at mwc i did yep. an htc vive uh i got to play with the htc vive i this was when vr was like super nascent in terms of where it is now and i just remember really being into the idea of drawing my own world and being able to sort of interact with it and i think that's what i really like about tilt brush was that it's you can paint you can go around it you can sort of touch it you can at least visibly touch it it's not tangible but you can see it you know that that's there and this is a bummer just because i feel like with google stepping out of the vr game daydream is no longer a thing um i said this on all about android but like the remote has been you know sent off to the chromecast uh (laughs) division and it's it's like they've just taken all the good parts they got from it and put it into other parts of the business which i understand but it's a bummer because I feel sort of bait and switched because they baited me with like this idea of right. smartphone VR. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's like get in there. And they were like, no, actually I think what works better is if we put all the actual parts from the smartphone, just into a headset and then just, just let Facebook sell it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're yeah. the
1: only one because, because they bought Oculus. So it just makes sense. It's, you know,
0: um, it's, it's weird. I, it's, I don't know why they're doing such a hard pullout uh, on the shareholders. It's the Sundar. Yeah, yeah, but at at some point, you got to come up with a phrase. But don't don't (laughs) you, at at some point, you tell the shareholders, okay, Facebook is one of our biggest competitors and they bought an entire VR company that makes hardware, not just cardboard, uh, do it yourself cardboard uh, phone holders. Apple is, you know, that Tim Cook, Apple is legendary that they won't even confirm or even hint that they intend to make another new iphone uh, this year ever okay that's how tight-lipped they are tim cook is so bubbly over vr and ar that he actually spec uh, in in conversations will say we think that vr has and ar have amazing possibilities and potential actually more uh, augmented reality than vr but the fact that they're even acknowledging this is something that they're looking at intently is really really significant there's a very very nicely uh, fortified rumor that uh, hit the apple news uh, sites last week that uh, apple has now a roadmap for releasing first a vr headset and then an augmented reality headset it just seems like a weird time for google to say we want nothing to do with this thank you very much we will we will do augmented reality where you hold up your phone and you see a cute little uh, uh mandalorian uh mercenary hopping up and down and dancing a jig on your desktop we are not willing To (laughs) we're not we're not willing to. It's like uh, we see we've seen laptops. We think laptops are interesting, but we don't want to be part of the laptop business or the phone business or the internet business. We we much rather be doing what we do best, which is selling postage stamps in bulk or in small quantities uh and helping people to mail their letters first class, next day error. uh, I just I just
1: don't know if there's viability for VR outside of games, and I think that what Apple if this. Does this fortified rumor does turn out to be ver- verified rumor? Um, I feel like what Apple would do is more of a, a lifestyle, a health angle, because that's yeah. where they've been really excelling. And I feel like Google is just we've I, they might have felt like they lost the edge, like they they had an edge at first, but they completely fumbled it, and you know the surfboard fell out of the wave, and they're back in the water. So. It makes sense to just sort of open source what's available and see what the community can do yeah. with it. But the thing that gets frustrating is that we know that once it goes to the community, there's an idea that it might be they're going to be sniffing around and they'll want to buy it up again. So maybe, maybe that's yeah. also that's- why they're like, here, take it. And if you guys figure something out, then maybe we'll throw some money at you. But yeah. it, de- it wasn't working for them. Like it didn't it didn't matter how big of a of a booth they had at GDC. It didn't matter how many indie developers they got on board. It it was very hard to get people into this idea of VR. The Daydream was just sort of this fun, you know, happy meal toy (laughs) that came with your (laughs) your Pixel for the most part. But I will say that because of Daydream, I got a lot of friends into VR. Daydream was what got some of my friends into virtual reality. It got my husband to buy an Oculus, the, the last Rift or whatever, the one that gets to connect to the computer. It just shows you how much I'm like, VR, I, I like the idea of it, but.
0: Yeah, there's, it, I think that it's just that Google is the kind of company that they have enough creativity and enough engineering expe- ex- expertise that they could be the first company that does something that goes beyond uh, well, either we thought game, either they either would just with education or uh, or training, uh, edu- education too. But uh, again, educators don't have a lot of money. What you're you know, trying they,
1: to—they'd push the the tango so hard. Or, you're going to put right. this in the classroom. The kids are going to get to go to Mars. The kids are going to get to go to <laughs> China and, yeah, but, and that, you know see, that's, Australia. That's or so, whatever so they
0: have that really cool uh, Google uh, VR exped- expeditions, and that's gone too. So I I just I just wish I knew why they were just washing their hands of everything. I hope it's because they have a brand new brilliant strategy that doesn't need baggage or doesn't need distract, distracting funding or support. Thanks, uh, thanks, sir. For, I forgot to mention that uh, at least they're not uh, like Google readering it. It's not like oh well. Thank you for thank you for be, uh, we, their next message is for the, our beautiful and valued and creative Tilt Brush user community. Thank you for supporting the product. And all of your licenses will be pulled in one month, and the app uh, will stop working in two months. And all the content that you made will be deleted automatically from our servers in three months. Thank you again. No, they're they're uh, open sourcing it. Uh, there are some they said there's some part of the code that is licensed that they can't put in open source. Yeah. But they are the the idea is that. The community can then build it, rebuild those missing portions, and do whatever they want with it, which is nice. But like I said, I just don't. I'm I'm not saying it's a stupid move for them to make. I'm just, I don't understand why they want to be so explicit that we want nothing to do. We, you know, I just found out. I'm I'm just found out. I'm uh, I'm I'm allergic to cheese. So I want you to have all the cheese in my house. Cheese doodles, cheese, cheese, cheese goldfish roquefort i don't want to have any more cheese in the entire house
1: i want to be Jesus. a fly on the wall of these yeah. hardware decisions i want to know what's going on because i just um can i say this on the podcast can i like work this out out loud in the Ooh, last couple do. minutes we have what Softy. is happening with i don't know does rick o- Astrolo have anything to do with this vr movement
0: Huh. Hmm. Do you mean in the sense of killing it or saying, hey, I've, I've got ideas for hardware that I want to build with, with my team?
1: Either or. I just think because mm. when he was at Motorola, they were – I'm sorry to put this out there, but I am because it's really digging in my head. But when he was at Motorola, they were kind of on the outs of being this flagship phone maker. It was right. He was there when it was the Moto X, and the Moto X was an okay launch. It was an okay phone, but then it never really took off from there. And so I get a little worried seeing some of this pattern of what's going on at Google. I mean, we've been talking about how the Pixel 5 just kind of, you know, the Pixel 4 was just kind of meh. The Pixel 5 was just kind of meh. And so and now, you know, we're getting out of VR. We're cutting off a couple other things here. We're cutting some things there. I yeah. mean, it's this going on, guys. I'm just saying there's there's some conversations yeah. happening in virtual boardrooms.
0: You're right. It is. It, it does bear to. I, I. I should remind myself that this isn't like when like Apple had decided to get into the smartphone market after the success of BlackBerry and the success of uh, that other companies have been having with it. Well, they this did, is, and
1: now they're moving people away from Android because right, this right. last but, year it was like more people. <laughs>
0: But but what I'm saying is that no nobody is having success with VR or AR at this point. It is still gaming. No, it's Oculus very much is a not either. It's as far the, as I know. Right. I mean, it's the, the only the only place where people uh, people are actually lining up to buy it and use it for a real purpose is for training, is for simulation, and that's even that's a niche market. So this would be one of the few times where Apple says that there is we're not we're not gonna hang back, observe a market, and then figure out what we can do in that space. It's we are we have an it would be we have an idea of what we can create in that space and how we could just basically exactly. grab it before it even launches. So or I don't know maybe they're maybe they're playing maybe Google is running scared and said I'd much rather I'd I'd much rather take the big paper cut right now and a week from now forget that I even heard it all than just slowly slowly be ground down by a superior Apple force.
1: This is an interesting time to be covering this stuff yes. because I I feel like something is bubbling underneath and I we need to Point to it but well it remains to be seen what it is bubbling for now we can just i'm just imagining some lava
0: at least bubbling. we still have, at least we still have tilt brush uh before we go, do we uh,
1: do still have tilt brush you yes. can still get it in the oculus store so right. go still get it go play <laughs>
0: um that's going to be nearly for us but we have a, a quick after dinner a little aperitif um, which I, f- I found someone mentioned on Reddit. Tiny Some cucumber on a real- tiny piece of bread. <laughs> Google Google search Google search engineers have a have a have a sense of humor. Uh, if you do in the main Google search box, Google the word recursive. Uh, it will give you all the results, but it will say, "Did you mean recursive?" Which is dry humor, and then you like blink three times. Oh, I get it. Recursion because it's re- it's recurring. It's recurring uh, in and of. Okay, that's that's funny. It's it's, it's kind of like when they added the tribute to Alex Trebek, whereas <laughs> when you Google Alex Trebek, is it? Like, Did you mean who is Alex Trebek? But I
1: got the font.
0: You got the font.
1: Yeah, Recursive is a Google font. It draws inspiration from Single stroke casual, a style of brush writing used in sign painting.
0: <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe it's the I I got it when I I, I oh, got it when I let tested me try
1: Recursive out. without like because I just copy hold on I just copy and pasted Google Recursive.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, recursion. Did I did I write recursive? Oh, I'm sorry. You write recursive. My recursion. My apologies.
1: Recursion. Did you mean recursion? Yes. The repeated application oh. Oh, dictionary was dictionary. Re- okay, will I just got recursion. the joke.
0: There you go. <laughs> Again, there's there's nothing like the humor what of a systems engineer working subtle. at Google.
1: <laughs> that is incredibly subtle.
0: Indeed it's nerds but hey it's it's better it's better than no humor at all (laughs) exactly true Uh, well, I think that'll wrap it up for this uh, rest this week. Uh, just quick reminder that uh, memberships please sign up for memberships if you relay.fm material, yeah, relay.fm material. You'll get uh, put some extra money in our pockets, which is lovely. You'll also get access to special content that we have created just for uh, members and also membership content that has been created by other fine folks Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. mighty relay.fm family. Uh, Flo, is there anything? Wonderful, interesting, mind-blowing, or just uh, remunerative to you personally that you'd like to, to, to attract people's attention to this week?
1: Just go to my website. I always appreciate the hits, Um, And you can find me on social media channels at Oh That Flow. On TikTok, I'm posting a lot about my Tamagotchi lately. So if anybody because. like just wants to go watch some Tamagotchi videos set to trending TikTok music, that's that's what I do before I go to bed now.
0: You could be the Barbara of <laughs> Tamagotchi. That's the plan. <laughs> walkies, walkies. Uh, As for what me, about uh, you, Andy? If you can spell my last name, you can uh, see me on Instagram. I'm not going to Instagram. I'm not going to Twitter. Normally, I'm uh, talking for about 20 minutes to a half hour about tech news and tech topics. Every Friday at roughly 1 o'clock. In the afternoon on WGBH, Boston's NPR station. I Again, I've, I've been bumped before the, for our, our wonderful uh, attorney general uh, this week. Oh. But uh, <laughs> if you go to WGBHnews.org, you can restream my previous tech segments. Uh, just again, the uh, spelling and not go is the key to finding all of my tech segments there. I think that is going to do it for us this week. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to us this week. We hope you're with us again next week. But until we meet again, please have a safe, wonderful, and happy week, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody.